Bill Handel here on a uh, Saturday, uh, 6 to 11 o'clock, every Saturday, five hours. Wow, that's a lot. And after this show, you have three hours with Leo Laporte, the tech guy. And then after that, starting at 2, it's uh, the Fork Report with Neil Saavedra and then Mo Kelly tonight from 6 to 8 o'clock. This is Handle on the Law, marginal legal advice, where I tell you, you have absolutely no case. I have told you about how crazy Israel is. Israel's a theocracy. It's uh, a Jewish state. And uh, the official religion is uh, Judaism. Now, that's not to say that other religions aren't allowed. It's a very First Amendment kind of country that obviously all religions are allowed to be practiced freely, unlike other theocracies, as in Arab states, where God help you if you're Jewish or you're Coptic or they just don't, or Catholic. How many Catholic churches do you think are in Saudi Arabia? Uh, Not too many. So uh, Israel has its own rules. And because of the politics of Israel, its parliamentary system, and there's no such thing as a majority. There's so many parties. What happens is uh, whoever gets the most votes, the party, the party leader has to cobble together various other parties to create a majority, therefore continue with the government. Well, the religious parties, the super religious, you know, the right wing parties, the fundamentalist religious ones, the ones with the beard and the payas and the hats, and those are the women, uh, are they, they put in rules of Judaism uh, across the entire country and people cave into them because they have the power and they don't care about politics. All they're interested in is their fundamentalist rules. I mean, that's what they're there for. So one of the rules, one of the customs of Judaism is men and women can't sit together. You know, can't dance together, can't do any of that stuff. They're kind of nuts. And so uh, what used to happen if you had an Orthodox man getting on an El Al flight and a woman was seated next to him or did sit next to him, he could ask that woman to be moved. I don't want to sit next to a woman. It's immodest. It's against Jewish law. And they would move the woman. Well, a lawsuit was filed by a Rene Rabinowitz uh, an 83-year-old Holocaust survivor, this woman, was sitting in business class on a flight from the U.S. to Israel when a flight attendant asked her to change because the religious man in the next seat didn't want to sit next to her. And this is a long string of cases, so she sued. And the Supreme Court of Israel sided with her and said the policy of moving female passengers was a direct transgression of the law preventing discrimination— because they have anti-discrimination laws. It's a first world country. They're a democracy just like we are, except it's, a, the, it's an official religion. Much like England. England also has a state religion. We're not allowed to have one. I mean, right in our constitution, uh, you know, Congress uh, cannot, uh, you know, establish any religion. Well, England, there's an official religion. The Anglican religion, the Church of England, of which the queen is the defender of the faith. But they, you can, obviously, you can have any religion you want in England. So uh, the Supreme Court of Israel said, you're done. You can't do that. And if you have an Orthodox man who wants not to sit next to a woman, move. Just start moving around. And what if it's business class? Oh, my goodness. And that's the only seat. Too bad. Then get off the airplane. It's not that complicated. Or ask someone else. Now, if a religious man were to ask me to move, I'd tell him to go pound sand. I'd love to see the outcome of that one. I'm not moving, but God will punish you. I hope so. I'm not moving, but it's a sin. Great. 
couldn't care less. And so now we're talking about the Supreme Court of Israel. Uh, This is not particularly a political organization, and the ultra-Orthodox parties can't argue well, gee, then we're going to force your government. We're going to pull out of uh, the government and force the government to collapse, and you'll have to find some other party. There's nothing they can do. But can you imagine in this day and age, 2017, and they're still deciding stuff like this? That's how crazy fundamentalists insert name of religion is here. And I don't care what it is. They're all nuts. All right, let's take some phone calls. Uh, hello, Mario. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hi. Hi, Bell. Uh, love your show. Um, so my question is, uh, about four years ago, a debt collector uh, said that I owed a uh, debt for HSBC, and uh, that it was uh, $2,000. So I went ahead and uh, said, well, I, you know, I want to fix it, get it on my, on my, uh, on my credit. So um, I went ahead and, and paid it off, and two years ago, uh, two years ago later, uh, I got a call from another debt collector saying that I still owed it. And I said, well, no, I paid it off. So I went ahead and called uh, back to the Brockfield Law Group to ask for my uh, receipt that I paid my settlement in full. I went ahead and got it emailed uh, to me. And when I looked it up, it, it had a different name. Same first name, different last name. Got it. So, okay, uh, so the money was paid to the wrong person. Yes. Okay, um, so uh, a couple of questions. I mean, this is easy. Uh, has it been over four years? Uh, it was in 2012. Okay, hold on. Has it been over four years? That's all I want to know. Uh, yes. You're screwed, okay, on getting your money back. Now, uh, the people that want the money now, uh, I'm assuming that has been over four years, correct? Yes. All right, then you know, no one has to pay anybody. They can't sue you. You can't sue the person you paid it to. And the only thing you have to worry about is getting dinged on your credit. And uh, you simply say, hey, you're past the statute, you're done, and if you ding my credit, number one, I'm going to refute it, and number two, I'm going to sue you for dinging my credit on a bill that I no longer can get sued for. The problem, Mario, is you still owe the money. Yes. They just can't sue you for the money. And I don't know the rules of uh, credit reporting, whether they can still report you as owing the money even though they're past the statute. And you may want to call one of the credit reporting agencies. Okay. All right. That's easy. And I don't know if you call one of the credit reporting agencies. They report you for calling them regarding a bill that you owe. And it's, yeah, whatever. And it's, that's a drag when you pay the wrong person. I can see him being screwed up. Because, hey, you paid it. There it is. It's done. And two years later, or in this case, four years later, they call up. So it's kind of a weird story. This is Handle on the Law. Julie Slater. In the KFI Newsroom with some news. Happy holidays. Leo Laporte here, the tech guy. We're getting ready for the big shopping season. Black Friday's over, but you still got gifts for the geek in your life. I can help. Every week, we talk about tech, all its aspects. Tech news, product reviews, how to use it, how to abuse it, how to lose it when you're done. Join me this weekend and every weekend. I'll help you with your technology. Leo Laporte, the tech guy. I'll be looking for you. Leo Laporte, this morning at 11, KFI AM 640. stimulating talk. This is KFI AM 640, more stimulating talk. Bill Handel here. Welcome back to Handel on the Law. All right, Scott. Hello. Yes. Bill. Yes. 
My question is relating to employee reimbursement of expenses. Now, I do materials testing. I go out. I take samples. I do inspections. I carry test equipment. Uh, pick up samples that I, I've taken and, you know, transport them back for testing and everything else like this. And I have thought, well, several of us have thought for a while now that this year, 54 cents a mile is the federal rate, which is what the companies do it. And okay. it's expected that I use my truck for work, okay? And it's not a question of if or, or I don't. You know, if I don't do it, it's no work. Yeah. And I'm wondering how I can turn around and, like, work up a spreadsheet or something else like this to turn around and kind of get an idea of what the actual costs are. It doesn't matter what the actual costs are, Scott. It could cost, okay. you, a, it could cost you a dollar a mile, and they're saying we pay 54 cents. That's the IRS. Uh, that is what the IRS pays, and that's what we pay. We don't care if it costs you $2 a mile. Here's your choice. You quit, Scott. You work for someone else. Or you buy one of those high-mileage little Japanese, although now everybody makes those really small pickup trucks. But legally speaking, Scott, uh, they don't have to do anything more than that. They're not paying you uh, actual expenses because here's the question, Scott. What if someone does have one of those that gets 35 miles to uh, the gallon and yours, because you get a big honking uh, massive truck, you get 12 miles or 10 miles. Do you get uh, do you get the dollar and a half mile and the other guy gets uh, 35 cents or the uh, the 54 cents, the minimum uh, IRS mileage? Where do you go with that? I can understand that. Yeah. So uh, the answer is now you can you can ask. I would actually probably pay you uh, reasonable mileage. I and mean, if you got one of those ten mile an hour trucks, I go, you're crazy. I'm not going to pay more than that. But if uh, you know, as a matter of fact, uh, you know, and that's not true. I'd pay fifty four cents a mile until you go quit. Yeah. Yeah. It, All right. Well, it's no, a pain. Yeah. So you're done. So you have no case. Thank you very much. Deborah, hello, Deborah. Hello. Yes. Hi. Uh, I have a question. Yes. My grandson's two years old, just potty training, and he was on a very expensive uh, toilet seat made, made by a big name manufacturer, and it had like a three seat for adults, and another one came down, and then a potty chair for boys with a little cup. Anyway, he was sitting on the potty, and he bent forward. And his penis got sliced on the cup, mm. severely sliced. Mm. Um, now, we're talking about a two-year-old boy, so it doesn't take much, you know? Yeah, right. Uh, it's probably about a half-inch cut. Yeah, no, I get it. Um, we had to go to the hospital. Doctor said it requ- could probably take two stitches because of the trauma. They they glued it. So, anyway, we did contact a lawyer. We haven't heard anything back. I'm wondering if we should go for um, the... Um, but, but that, we don't know if there's permanent damage. I know. It's, yeah, but you're not going to know if there's permanent damage. That's for starters. Second of all, Deborah, I think there are all kind of defenses here on behalf of the manufacturing company. First of all, starting uh, with uh, what religion are the was uh, the par- uh, the parents? By the way, Deborah. Christian. They're crazy. That so here's so here's the defense is that you were converting the kid into Judaism. 
no good. No, okay. That I think it's a good defense personally, but so be it. Uh, the, the the problem is is that the damages are not enormous. If you're talking about a, a a sliced penis and okay, a couple of stitches, and even if scarring occurs or a little bit of scarring. Uh, you know, it's on your, it's on the penis, unless there's enough there that you can start arguing that when he is older, it's going to get in the way of uh, his uh, sexual feelings, or uh, it's going to be uh, when he takes his penis out of his pants, uh, the zipper is going to be caught up on the zipper, or is more likely to. Now I'm just going crazy with all of the potential uh, reasons why this would happen. But uh, a, a two-year-old doesn't have much trauma when you're talking about. The, uh, a penis being sliced to the point where you need a couple of stitches to. Well, he didn't want to get back on the potty. Okay, so you get rid of the, so you undo the potty, so you do something else in the potty. I mean, well, it's what some... about my biggest concern is if this happened to him, how do we know this didn't happen to other children? Well, you, that's your biggest concern. You're more concerned about what other kids are than your than your grandson. Some other kid didn't get his cut off. I mean, uh, you know, well, you don't know. But how about this? Uh, the fact that you don't know. Why don't you do? Why don't you take out an ad? Oh, this is a good idea. Uh, you live where, Deborah? Uh, San Diego. San Diego. Why don't you take out a full-page ad in the San Diego Tribune and say, mm-hmm. has this ever happened to you? Because I am prepared to spend thousands and thousands of dollars out of my money to make sure it never happens to you. And by the way, if it does, you won't be able to get a lawyer either. Right. Yeah. Listen to all the things are made specifically for a child yeah yeah they screw you know they screwed up okay they have a bad product so you write to them and you say hey you submit your medical bills and you 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 say hey stop it and you hope they uh you hope that they in fact uh uh recall it you go to the uh, authorities you go to the ftc and say hey here's the problem hopefully they do an investigation and tell the manufacturer hey you've got to recall it there's a whole bunch of things to do here but uh for you to make sure that nobody else or to stop other people from doing it i hope you're prepared to spend at least tens of thousands of dollars to protect the penises of other little boys because I know that's important. I grew up to handsome men. I don't know. I might want to protect them. Okay, then go ahead. I mean, there's no problem with that. You know, spend the money. Just call the San Diego Tribune. Find out what full-page ads cost. Because you can't just do it once. You really want to cover the population. You have to do it several times. Maybe go on television. Maybe get a local TV reporter to pick it up. And actually do a video. Footage at 11. We'll show you how a potty seat can really ruin your child's life. A lot of things you can do. All right. This is Handle on the Law. And Julie Slater in the newsroom. Julie, what's the news? KFI AM 640. An iHeart radio station. 24-hour news. More stimulating talk. She put the SOB in sober. She put the hang and hang over. She put the low and blow. She put a big F you in my future. Yes, she's got away. She's got away with words. This is KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. Bill Handel, yes, Saturday morning. Welcome words. back to Handel on the Law. Marginal legal advice. Uh, hello, Bill. Welcome to Handle on the Law. I have a question, a renter's question. Yes. Um, at what point do you have the protection of they having to give you 30-day notice if you don't have a lease? 
uh, at the point you move in. Okay. Yeah, from from minute one, you have to have a 30-day notice before you can uh, bail out. And in some cases, I think it's 60-day notice. But uh, either way, it's uh, the moment you, you go in, you get the same protection as if you've been there for 200 years. All right? Tricky second part. If they furnish it, can they just lock you out immediately? No, they can't lock you out under any circumstances. Okay. Because that's, that's a uh, retaliatory – that's actually an eviction. Okay. That's a constructive eviction. I mean, it is an eviction. So you're okay. Great. All right. Yeah. It sounds like you're going to be renting from a really good person. There's no doubts there, are there? All right. Uh, good for you. Michelle. Hi, Michelle. Yeah, Michelle, you there? Yeah, Michelle, we speak English on this show. Just wanted to let you know. Okay. Hello? Yeah. Hello, Michelle, are you there? Oh. Yes. Okay. I wanted to ask you. I bought. Um, I purchased a car from a private dealer, a private person, and um, the car is in excellent condition. And I trusted the guy, and I knew that he was supposed to provide me with a smog check, but he didn't because we negotiated the price, and it didn't pass. Okay. Is there anything I can do about? Well, yeah. That? There's a few things. Have you figured out how much it's going to cost you to make it uh, smog passable? How much is that going to cost you? It's going to cost about 450 Okay. Uh, the deal you got from the car, for the car, if you paid the $450, is that a still a decent deal? Yeah. All right. Then here are your choices. You pay for it and sue him in small claims court, which is probably the best way to go, uh, okay. and or you uh, sue him for all of your money back. And uh, just say you breached the contract because implied in the contract is a car that will pass the smog test uh, or just suck it up. Probably the easiest way is to pay for it, which you're going to have to do anyway, unless you mm-hmm. want to return the car and get your money back, which I wouldn't do. Uh, because if the car is a good car and the worst it costs you is $400 uh, because a private owner getting money back is not an easy thing, even if you get a judgment. Uh, so the cleanest way I would do it is pay the four hundred and then sue in small claims court for the four hundred. That's it. Okay, sounds All right. good. All right, yeah, that's what I would do. I think that's the uh, easiest way out, even when you have a bunch of choices. Alexander, hello, Alexander. Yes. Yes. Go ahead. Hi, uh, is this Bill? Yes, it is. After I say yes, Alexander, you're supposed to ask me a question, unless we have a problem with the phone. Which we just did. All right. Fair enough. I, I think it's a cell phone. One of the beauties about cell phones is uh, there's nothing beautiful about cell phones. They drive me completely crazy. Uh, hello, Steve. Yeah, I'm trying to help my daughter uh, finalize her divorce. Uh, she started this thing two years ago. And um, he, she wanted to get the divorce, so she got an attorney. Now the ex-husband wants her to pay for the attorney okay and and uh, we don't really want to do it no kidding one. all right so what's your question well do uh, we're not obligated no we that's just... correct you're not obligated unless the court orders her to pay for the attorney well and then he lost his job for two years and she's been giving him child support and alimony over a hundred thousand dollars in two years so we don't want to pay that extra money she's why not... are you paying that without a court order anyway well how much money how much money does she how much money does she make Steve she about one hundred and fifty, sixty thousand. Okay. Well, here's the, how long were they married? Uh, they were married eighteen years. Oh, good God! He's and she's making all the money. 
Well, she, he got he lost his job, and he was making close to the same. So okay, were, but he's no but he's no longer earning any money. Right. He okay. Lost his job, and she's now disabled, so she, you know, and she was. So she's so she's making no money. Right. Okay. Well, that's easy. You file the divorce. Neither one is making money, and all of a sudden, I tell you, as uh, child support to the tune of fifty thousand dollars is going to stop instantly, and the court is going to look at who makes what. Child support Quiet. is going to be paid, but who the child? Is it a single? Is it a single child? No, we have two children. Okay, so two kids are. Uh, they, who do they live with? Well, they split. They're split. Then it's probably going to be fifty-fifty. There'll probably be no child support ordered, and there'll probably be no. Uh, div- there'll probably be no spousal support ordered pending right. someone getting a job. Uh, but as far as him asking, uh, we want you to pay. You tell him to go pound sand. Tell it to a judge. Yeah, right. And that's the thing. Well, he's trying. And, you know, they've been married a long time. Yeah, that's, I mean, there's no question about it. I mean, if one was, if you're, if, if she was still working, she'd be paying up the yin-yang in well, spousal support. For a while. But it doesn't, but she doesn't have it now. Right. So, right. Well, let's go over it should be over in a week if we All get right, this. All right, yeah. Done. Well, it's what do you mean over in a week? Have you got in front of a judge yet? Oh yeah, it's been there for two and, years. And what is the judge? What is the judge ordered? Well, I don't know what did the judge order. Then what? Why are you calling me? Uh, well, I'm sorry. I can't. Well, how, if I don't know what the judge ordered, why are you calling me? It's all well, what the it's all what the judge ordered, Steve. All of it. Not she wants to pay, and do we have to pay? It's the what the judge ordered. Okay, can can the judge order him her to pay the child? Yes, uh, yes, the judge can, but I'm but I'm asking what, and you can't tell me. So, what a waste of a phone call. That's like literally holding me and saying, "What does the contract say?" Well, I don't have the contract, but you talked about the contract. Well, I don't have it in front of me, so I can't answer your question. And you expect me to answer the question? Yeah, that's going to work in this lifetime. Hi, hello, John. Welcome. Bill? Yes. Hey, how you doing? Go ahead. Uh, okay, so um, there's a, I've been paying the car for about a year and a half, and I originally got it with a co-signer, and now she's saying she wants the car back. All right, well, whose name is in the, is the car in? Well, it's both of our names, but I, I called uh, an attorney, and uh, they asked me if it says, my name and then the letter and or or. I mean the word and or or. And what or. is it? It's or. Yeah, then that you don't have to give it to her. It's it's one or the other. She can ask for the car back. You say no. Okay. Yeah, so it's I, that simple. It's either you or her, and it's you. Yeah. Yeah, you're fine. Tell her to go pound okay. sand. All right, cool. <laughs> All right, that was easy. Then, of course, she can pick up the car, and then she can tell you to go pound sand. And the two of you have a uh, fist fight, which would be terrific. This is Handle on the Law. Julie Slater in the KFI Newsroom. So it's December, and the holidays are in front of us. What do they mean, and how do they tie to me? I'll explain on this week's Jesus Christ Show. The Jesus Christ Show. Tomorrow morning at 6 on KFI. AM 640. More stimulating talk. This is KFI AM 640, more stimulating talk. Bill Handel here, and welcome back to Handel on the Law, Marginal Legal Advice. Heidi! Hello, Heidi. Welcome to Handel on the Law. Oh, thank you, Bill. 
Yes, um, my question regards my son. He has been convicted of a felony, um, and he is now off probation, done all the things required by the court. But unfortunately, it's on his record, and he's trying to get it expunged. Yeah. Can he do it himself? Uh, um, I wouldn't. I mean, you can if you do the research. Uh, the, is- yeah. uh, the issue is, uh, is he eligible? Now, uh, the problem was for drug possession, well, I'm assuming with intent to sell, correct? Using. Oh, just Getting- using. Okay, yeah. then you want to hold on a minute. Hold on a minute, because that's good news so far. Okay. If they could have filed it as a misdemeanor... Mm-hmm. then it makes it fairly easy to knock it down to a misdemeanor. And then, as a matter of fact, uh, California law now allows you to do that, where it's going to be regarded as a misdemeanor, and that's fairly easy to expunge. Yeah, but if they, yes, if they can get it done to misdemeanor. Yeah, but, but... It's, uh, but if, it's drug, if it's drug use, that's not the end of the world, uh, because yeah. that's the way we're going. We're heading in that direction where simple drug use uh, is not is not nearly uh, the crime that it was considered a few years ago, and especially as I said, if if they could have filed either way, now it could be that you can't file either way. For example, if there are enough drugs there, and uh, he's popped for drug possession for the purpose of di- distribution, where there's enough there, where he's not going to argue like, three kilos of cocaine is personal use. That's kind of difficult to do. Uh, but I would at least talk to a criminal attorney. Uh, buy oh. an, buy an hour, and then uh, you can possibly do it yourself. I mean, it's either yes or no on that. Although uh, it can be argued, here's the problem he's also going to have, is he's just finished with probation now. It's, yeah. it's not years later where he can claim, I've been, not only am I done with probation, I did everything the court has asked me to do, but this was five years ago. And look what my life is now after five years or three years or ten years. That's why you want to talk to a criminal attorney who may do just a much better job setting up uh, the uh, setting up uh, his circumstances, uh, setting up uh, the way he approaches uh, the bench to make it as positive for your son as possible. It could be, but then that's uh, going to be thousands of dollars. Yeah, that's the point. Yeah, yeah no, it, it's it's a lot. And if you don't have the money and he doesn't have the money, that becomes a problem. Then you have no choice but to do it yourself. And it's on his record as a felony. Yeah, no, I get it. And that's not good. What kind of drugs are we talking about? Oh, I imagine it was a little bit of, um, what was it this time? It was a little bit of meth. This time? Oh, yeah. He had a problem before. but You're talking about a problem not being arrested before. Yes, he's been arrested, but years ago. Oh, was, yeah, yeah, that's that's is... not helpful either. Except that you can argue the time uh, between yeah. the arrests. I, if you could possibly afford an attorney, I would go for it, Heidi. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's uh, there's no easy way out of that one for sure. Uh, hello, David. Uh, no. Yes, uh, this is John. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry, John. What can I do for you? Oh, uh, so <clears throat> there's this girl. That uh, co-signed the car for me, and then um, I've been making the payments. She's never made one payment, and now she's saying she wants me to give her the okay. car back. Easy, and, easy and peasy. Like, is the car in your name that she simply co-signed it, or is it in her name? Yeah. Well, it's in both of our names. Well, then you can say I'm an owner of the car. You know, I'm not giving it to you, and let her go to court. Yeah, she's saying she's going to call it and report it stolen. Yeah, fine, and you just show the cops that you're an owner. Look at the look at the registration. I own this car. How do you steal oh, okay. your own car? I know. Yeah, don't worry. You're going to be fine. Let her report it stolen all day long and just say, hey, uh, that is, incidentally, a false police report. 
Really? Yeah. Let her know if she reports the car of which you are an owner and the cops stop you, you're going to file a complaint against her for a false police report, which it is if she files it. And her report against you for having stolen a car that you already own is not obviously any kind of a criminal act. So let her know. She's the one that's going to be in trouble. Yeah, and I've been paying the insurance. It doesn't matter. It does. None of that matters. None of that. No one cares. No one cares. It's just who owns it and whether it's stolen or not. You're going to be fine. All right, Alexander. Let's try this. Hello. Hi. Yes. So yes, um, uh, a few months ago, I was involved in an accident. Uh, I rear-ended a young lady on the freeway on ramp, under ten ten miles an hour, but it was my fault. Anyway, she got her insurance. I had my insurance. We filed, she filed her claim. Her claim is ongoing for medical. Okay. Her automobile's taken care of. She's suing me in small claims for medical expenses and pain and suffering while she's still being treated and her claim is still open. All right, just talk to you. Yeah, just talk to your, just turn it over to your insurance company. Uh huh. Your insurance company handles all that. Just give it to them. Okay, but does she's suing me? In yeah, I know. Claims. Of course she's suing you. Who else is she going to sue? You're the one that hit her. Correct. Yeah, so you are, in fact, the defendant. I mean, she's not Correct. She's not suing me, and she's not <laughs> suing your insurance company because your insurance company didn't hit her. Right. The insurance defends you. So, of course, you're going to be the one that's going to be named. Turn it over to your insurance company and let them deal with it. Uh, okay, so I'm scheduled to appear... Soon, do I file an extension? Uh, yo, no, no, no. You take. You just turn it over to your insurance company. That's what you okay, do right here. now. Yeah, I mean here. right now. Okay. All right. Do. All right. Yeah. Okay. You don't wait. I mean, as soon as she sued you, you turn it over because if you don't show up, you're going to get a default. Although you can uh, appeal it, and you know, I don't know the way insurance companies work on this one. Whether they immediately kick it up to superior court, uh, which they may, because they're not allowed to appear on your behalf. It's only yourself. So I don't know how that works. And I'm sure that someone who does know how it works will, you know, email me and I'll promptly just ignore it as I do everything else. Richard. Hi, Richard. Richard. Yes. Yes. You're on the air. Or yes, you are. Hello. Welcome to Handle on the Law. I have a question about my sister-in-law's father. Uh, He was killed in a drunk driving accident about a month ago. Um, she, I know that, uh, the car was in her name, uh, insured under her that he was driving. So I'm pretty sure that's covered by her insurance, but, uh, she's an only child and she's only 23 years old. And I was wondering about a wrongful death. Yeah. Oh no. She has a case. Sure. Okay. Sure. Okay. You, uh, you want to go to a, yo, absolutely. You want to go to a personal injury attorney? Cause that is a legitimate case for wrongful death. Sure. Okay. All right. So, know. yeah, let her know. You can go to handleonthelaw.com where we have tons of those attorneys. And this is one of those cases we'll certainly talk to you because it sounds like a pretty good case. All right. This is Handle on the Law.